I'm rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. Well, Richard, after we finish recording this episode of the podcast, we will have finished our second entire series on tuning in. Oh, my God. And our, like, fifth series altogether, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Good for us. Was this a sad... I mean, we'll talk about the show in general, I think, you know, during some point, you know, in this episode, but... You said something yesterday because you've yeah. been reading about um, the show, and you said that they had filmed the entire third season bef- before it aired. Yeah. And so they did not know that this was going to be the last season. The show was canceled, I think, you know, sort of halfway through the season. Or yeah, something like there that. were a few episodes left. Um, and, and because I noticed that the, fina- the season finale was not written by Diablo Cody, and that, you know, it, it, it seemed a little strange. It was conceived to be a series finale. You would think that she would, you know, be involved in that, even if. I get the sense she was less and less involved with the series as it went on. Yeah, as I understand it, the show actually had three different showrunners in the three seasons it was on, which is one of the reasons why the show feels so different yeah. in, in each of the three seasons. And yeah, you're right. I mean, um, for example, the kind of the classic famous example of this is probably, uh, for example, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when Joss Whedon left the show after the fifth season. To, he wasn't show yeah. running it anymore. He was still kind of involved. But not really, and he came back and wrote the last episode of the show. Yes. Because, of course, he created the show, he felt attached to it, he wanted to send yeah. it off in the right way. A lot of shows which have a very strong creator, you know, they'll put the ATM on the series finale to, you know, to do that. So, Well, I think it's, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me because um, this feels like a good place for the show to yeah. end, even if... It's a little bit of a retread, I think, of the first season finale. Well, that was it. The first and the third season. The first season finale does the typical first season thing where it can work as a cap if it doesn't get more than the one season. If we had ended with the family in the bowling alley and the altars, that and, and they never made a second season, that would be okay. The second season ends on a more unresolved note, which, you know, we just find out who you know, the name of Bryce and that right. leads into the season, obviously. But. Right. Right. I th- I mean, I think it works. I, I um, don't think it's completely s- successful. I do think it's interesting that they, they make the choice to have, you know, each of the characters really have kind of pivotal moments yeah. moving along, you know, Charmaine and, and Neil and wheels are going to be moving to Houston. Uh, Tara and Max are going to, I don't know how Max is able to go live in Boston for three months. Well, to but... be fair, he works for a corporation. They may have an office in Boston. That is true. Yeah. You know, if, if uh, it's implied that the employees are kind of interchangeable, so maybe he was able to work something out like that. That's possible. Yeah. And, and so Tara and Max are going to be off in Boston for, for three months while she goes to this treatment program. You know, uh, 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 what is his name? Oh, my God. Now I'm turning into you. Hereford. Hereford uh, makes the, you know, declaration to Kate that he wants her to move to to St. Louis. And she turns. She doesn't really turn him down. She she says not yet. Yeah. She makes it clear that she wants to, but she has to stay with with Marshall right now. Yeah. I mean, that, that one of my questions in this episode was. You know, how much time does Marshall have left in school? Like, what year is he? I, I assume that he's a junior because nobody's talked about college Well, Marshall's yet. 63, so. Yes, of course. he's uh, He's been left back a lot. Uh, you know, because I get the sense if Marshall only had, you know, half a year left to school, for example, then 
the the question of Charmaine and Neil becomes just okay. Well, we can wait six months and you know just hang out here until Marshall finishes school and then move to well, Houston. Well, well, the implication, of course, I mean, if you look at the actual timeline of the, the time of year it is, yeah. So the the corn maze happened like four episodes ago. Uh. So you're talking about fall. Uh, Tara in in the last episode, the the good part, she does say they're having an Indian summer. So that would imply that it's like October, November kind of time period. So Marshall would have just started his, his yeah, school year. Yeah, that's true. It's so, it's only yeah, it is only a couple weeks after the. You know, yeah, so, so so I think that you know, let's say Marshall's a, a junior or a senior in high school, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense yeah. to uproot him, especially if it's a senior year, for example. And the other, but but he is still too young to quite take care of himself at this point. He's, well, I, I don't know that I agree with that. I, it's the I, kind I of thing. That... Well, you get the sense that you know, again, he's probably seventeen still. He hasn't turned eighteen yet. So again, maybe you can't just leave him to be in the house by himself. But Kate, who is you know sixty eight at this point, is able to. Uh, you know, he doesn't. Marshall doesn't need a ton of supervision, right. but he needs a, a legal adult around for. I mean, purposes. to be honest with you, I kind of feel like Marshall's going to be taking care of Kate yeah. more than Kate's taking care of Marshall. Oh, yeah. But, you know, well, I, you know, we're talking a lot about the last episode. I, th- I think that it's it's the I, I think the two kind of work as a two part series finale in yeah. a way, because it, Bryce has escalated things throughout the, the latter part of this yeah. season, the back half of the season. And, you know, in in the crunchy ice. Bryce has moved into Marshall's room, is wreaking havoc, has killed all the alters except for um, Alice T and Buck, the, the the first three that the show started yeah. out with, you know, in the first season, the, the classic alters, if you want to call them that. <laughs> and we get uh, a Buck, a, a death scene for Buck in this episode. We get a death scene for T and we get a death scene for, for Alice, all yeah. three of those characters. And it also reinforces the... Each of the altars being for a different family member in a way, like uh, – because each of the altars talks to the family member they feel closest to. Buck had that kind of friendship with Max, and that's who he appears to. Alice felt very motherly towards uh, Marshall, and that, you know that's where she is. And, you know, T and uh, Kate were kind of sister-y, cousin-y, had that kind of relationship too. And – I. It's interesting how neither of them – the altar knows that this is their last words in a way, uh, and the family members are still almost treating this as like what the fuck is happening, you know? Like it, it – this. in terms of who gets physically harmed, no, other than Dr. Hatteras, none of the family gets hurt by Bryce. They well, destroy their shit. Bryce does slap Marshall. That's true, and that's when Bryce finally leaves though. I, I think that's kind of significant. That is what, you know, Tara is able to finally wrest control at that moment. Yeah, yeah, and Bryce doesn't come out again. And in yeah. the beginning of, of the good part, she's waterboarding him yeah. and, and drowns him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't know that the end... That was a horrible scene to watch. Yeah, I mean, especially considering that our, you know, pr- Trump wants to revive that practice. It's so. wonderful, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I remember watching, I mean, I watched the show when it was initially on the air. Um, so I, I saw... Crunchy ice and saw Tara jump off the bridge and then went, yeah. what the fuck? I have to wait a week to find out what happens. <laughs> and, you know, in the context of watching these, you know, one after the other, even though I watched them like a day apart, um, I, I don't really think that the beginning of the series finale justifies the end of the preceding episode. 
you know, Tara jumps off a bridge and then it starts out and they're just like, yeah, we're cool, whatever. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, and they have this whole thing about this cop who's offended by them thinking that he's stupid or whatever. I, I don't think that that's really the case. I think that they're just, they don't want to tell him what happened, of course, because yeah. he's going to put her into uh, a state mental ward. That feels like one of those things that whoever wrote the episode had that bit in his head and, you know, found this is a perfect place to put it. But it's 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 yeah I think so. <laughs> but it's completely unresolved. Like they cut away yeah. from that scene and then they're back home and it's they don't ever really say how they got out of that situation. Which yeah, the implication is that they're Im- immediately taking her to someplace else. You know. Yeah, like I don't know that the the jumping off the bridge works as well yeah. if you don't have a week between episodes. And that's fair. But you know that's a minor criticism yeah. because I do think that these two episodes are you know some of the finest the show has done. I I, I think that what, what well, I well what I want to talk about first maybe is is Marshall because but I actually yeah. I'm sorry because now I actually have a question um b- because it, it, both times I watched it I saw it on Netflix and you know I actually mm-hmm. watched these two episodes one after another I'd actually for I remembered the waterboarding but I forgot that she jumped into the river yeah. but when you first saw it I mean did you think it was possible that the episode the series ended with tara's death was that a possibility on the table and the last is just them dealing with that no i i i don't think i thought that because the show has always been about tara's struggle to maintain some sort of normalcy and some sort of normal life and i i think that Tara jumping off that bridge when I watched the show five years ago and and thinking back to it and and thinking what that would mean now, that would be Tara essentially giving up and saying the only way that she can protect her family is to is to commit suicide. And especially coming on the heels of Marshall's really tragic situation um, with the death of, of Lionel, I don't see her wanting to put her family through that. I think that her committing suicide would have been a, a, an easy way for the show to end, but I don't think it would have been a satisfying one, and I don't think it would have been true to the character of Tara as it has been developed. I mean, the only way they could have maybe pulled that off is they did, you know, almost an Alien 3 kind of thing, like she needs to kill herself in order to—that's the only way to stop Bryce from terrorizing, but yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's a little nebulous about what exactly is going on yeah. when alters are killed— because, you know, she jumps into a river, and if you notice in the waterboarding scene in the second episode, yeah. it's muddy water with leaves and twigs and stuff. And so the implication is that Tara is underwater at that yeah. part. And it's also the implication, of course, that Max jumped in after her to rescue yes. her. So there is something going on there where Tara was deliberately i mean you know you could make we could spin out you know theories about what exactly she was doing you know depriving her brain of oxygen or something to try and you know generate some sort of death for bryce but at the end of the day it doesn't matter so much what really matters is the result of it and there is the question about you know are these altars really dead because you know again alice t and buck die but then they're implied to still be there although you know so is bryce really dead can bryce you know there was a season four implied and would bryce have appeared in season four there is certainly yeah yeah that's kind of a question like where would the show have gone if it had been renewed for a fourth season i I don't know what the answer to that is but i feel like this is probably about as much of the show as we needed yeah i mean it's a great show i'm 
glad we did the show. I think that, you know, I, I, I hope that people listening to this have enjoyed watching the show because a lot of people didn't watch the first time it was on. I mean, the ratings had dropped precipitously. And I think like at this point, like 200,000 people <laughs> watched the last episode. So we're not talking about a hit or anything. There's a reason why it was canceled. But um, I think that what what is key to the death of the altars is that um, Bryce is the only altar that Tara has killed. Yes. And I think that what the what what the last episode specifically is trying to say is that Tara is the only one who can heal herself by yeah. getting rid of the altars. And so, you know, Tara having killed Bryce, I think, is going to stick, whereas Bryce killing all the other altars is not going to stick because they you know Bryce does not have ultimate control over yes. them. I think that the, the what the what the last episode I think is really saying is that the altars are not independent people which we you know talked about many times but rather they are manifesta- manifestations of Tara's personality and she does have ultimate control over them. Well what I'm thinking of is this is actually paralleling the contract scene, you know, I'm dissolving the United States of Tara and declaring myself king of she could reason with Buck and T and T and Alice and the you know when the contract is working, you know they are able to, you know they do surrender the body back and they yeah. do abide by the terms of it. And maybe we would have seen you know season four would be her and those three. All right, you know it's just us four again. You know let's let's try this again. Let's live according to these terms. Um. You know, the other altars, Shoshana and Chicken and Gimme, which are newer. Uh, I mean, there there was the conversation when she's talking to Hatteras and she calls the altars friends, right? Yeah. Um, which I'm even surprised that she didn't even go as far as to say they're a kind of second family to her in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the, the, there is – the relationship between Tara and Buck T and Alice is reparable, right? I mean, the, the, I think so. Just as the relationship between Tara and her family is reparable. And so I, I think that, again, we have to – you know, the episode – the series ends on a very unresolved note, sure. But in a way, Tara's life is always going to be very unresolved. This is going to be – even if she does achieve integration, it's almost like alcoholism, right? It's something that she's going to have to – kind of struggle with for the rest of her life. This is something that she is going to, she's going to have parts where, you know, it's going to be worse than others. And, you know, maybe the most dangerous parts of her life with the altars is over because Bryce is gone. And maybe she has finally, you know, at least Tara now understands what happened to her and she knows where it comes from. And even though that's not going to be the magic cure for her, it's a start, right? That's certainly going to be what they the first place they start working on at this where she goes. I, I think so, yeah. And I I think that the 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 fact of the matter that the the last three altars that we see that are still alive are T Buck and Alice is very indicative of the fact that those are the ones that Tara feels the closest to. And those are the, I mean, like as you said, each of those altars um, does have a specific family member that they kind of spent the most time with, and I think yeah. that the family members actually do like those altars, whereas. You know, Chicken and Shoshana <laughs> and Gimme and, and Bryce. I, I don't think any of the family really liked them very much. Charmaine uh, sure kind of liked Chicken. That That's true. Charmaine sure kind of liked Chicken. Of but course, Max did call Chicken the least interesting altar, so. I would think Gimme would be, but. <laughs> but I do wonder about um, the, the reparability of it, though, because, I mean, the, the, the first episode of Crunchy Ice uh, ends with them at, at, at Bryce Crane's grave, and Charmaine has yeah. a little freak out and he'll yeah. takes her away. 
and, and they do that as kind of like a little bit of aversion therapy, I think, where not not to, you know, talk about Mike Pence, but um, I think it's more aversion therapy in the sense Now, that, I would like to do to Mike Pence what Charmaine does to that grave, but... <laughs> Maybe you'll get that opportunity. That... Why did I win? Is there going to be a contest? Bryce Crane, I don't know what they're thinking. And I think that that last scene is interesting to me because it indicates that they really have no idea what to do. And Max doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Because why would taking Bryce to Bryce Crane's grave do anything? He, he's just going to well, deny no, that it's him. And it's true. He he ended up, I mean, they they, take, they took Bryce to an art museum. I mean, that that that's even worse than the, it's working on a TV understanding that, you know, facing reality, that'll make this Bryce melt away. And right. That's not the case. And I don't know. It's, we do, we never do get to see where the real Bryce ends up, right? I mean, he's. We find out that he ended up killing himself on Christmas, which is a significant date of this series, because he was so racked with guilt. I mean, we we that that implies a much more interesting Bryce than someone who was stayed evil all his life. Like what got him to that realization? You know, what you know, this well, is, this mean, is somebody who was in extraordinary pain for his entire life. Again, whatever his you know, he did horrible things. He sure, he ruined sure. this family and especially this one woman and but by all indications, the, the real Bryce Crane was not some sort of sociopathic serial killer. No. I mean, certainly he you know, did reprehensible things yeah. to, to Charmaine and to Tara when they were children and, and perhaps to other little girls yeah. as well. But uh, at the same time, it's not as – I don't think the show is trying to convince us that Bryce Crane actually murdered anybody. No. And obviously he was someone who, who had a lot of demons and, and was racked with guilt over his actions because he did commit suicide. I mean, I, 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 what I want to now, now this, we're going into the realm of speculation, but we don't really, the, the, when Tara's mother tells about the story she tells about Bryce is that, Bryce's mother thought that he was too much of a handful. The father insisted that he, you know, stay with them. And when he started abusing the girls, she sent them away till they figured something out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what's the implication that a few years later he killed himself? Yeah, uh, well, more than a few years, I think, because he killed himself in, in, in 2002. Okay, so so I, I guess my question is what happened in between the girls leaving for a time and where did Bryce go? But... I don't know. Yeah. I don't think the show's really interested in answering that question, frankly. No, but either way, my wonder is how did Bryce get to be that fucked up? What was going on in his mother's house? I mean, what maybe Bryce himself had been, you know, what if there was a stepfather in the picture that molested Bryce? I mean, what if that was the reason mm-hmm. that his father was so insistent on, well, he needs to stay with me? I mean, you know, you, you, there is this suggestion that the rabbit hole of abuse just goes further and further and further and further down and yeah. at the very least you know through um through almost a miracle marshall and kate escaped being abusers themselves escaped the very worst of it yeah well yeah i mean i think that- i mean again it wasn't quite it's not quite abuse what you know living with tara has been but it, it definitely has some some shades of that. I mean, I think that that it's trauma. You know, I think tra- you said, trauma. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely trauma, and I think that you see that. I mean, Marshall seems much more traumatized by it than than yeah. Tara certainly, and I think that Mar- Marshall is interesting to me in these two episodes, uh, partially because originally I really had a problem with the fact that Noah just completely disappeared. Yeah, you know, he's not in these two episodes. Uh, you know, they do the movie, and then we never see him again, and. 
there's no and it, it's very unresolved it feels like the show just kind of forgot about noah for for some reason yeah but i think that watching it this time i realized that that i think what's going on and what the show is trying to do is you know once once he comes back from new york and lionel has died and i'm still not convinced that that was the best way to get yeah. Marshall to this place but you know, Marshall is dealing with the fact that he had much stronger feelings for Lionel than than he thought he did, perhaps. And so he's. St- I think the implication is that Marshall is 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 not calling, texting Noah, yeah. because he's going through some really heavy shit. And, and this th- is also, you know, only a, the, the time frame of these last what three episodes is only a couple of days mm-hmm. as well. And we also know that Noah's family isn't very progressive. You know, if if Noah went over to you know, Marshall's house and said, like, my parents are being, you know, horrible. I need to crash for a few days. Tara and Max would, of course, let him stay, but probably Noah's family would not be so, you know. So, yeah, his grandmother really is his only place he could go. You know, Marshall doesn't really have any other friends, does he? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we don't see any. Yeah. That doesn't mean he doesn't have them, but. No, but, you know, we, we've seen the people that. I don't. I get the sense that you know there are probably people at school that he can hang with, but nobody that he could say, "Listen, my mom is really crazy, and I need to crash indefinitely." You know, he may just have not earned that with other people. Yeah, and I, I want I want Marshall to be okay. I mean, I think Kate's going to be okay, and and I don't know. Marshall seems. I think Kate has always been less close to her mother than Marshall has yeah. been, and. These last two episodes, again, a little bit feel like retreads of Marshall's emotional arc in the last couple episodes of the first season where he was, you know, yeah. he that was a little bit, obviously he was less mature and, and, you know, a little bit unsure of his sexuality and, uh, you know, burning down the shed at the end of the first episode, really, fe- really feeling betrayed by, by his mother. Yeah. You know, not going uh, to visit her in the hospital and then eventually at the end of the, the first season finale going to the hospital uh, as sort of a redemption thing for him and her that, it, it, you know, his journey in the last two episodes of this do feel like retreads of that in a way. Yeah. But again, you know, he has grown and changed over the past couple of seasons and, you know, certainly Bryce is, you know, much, much worse than anything else that has gone on. And, you know, Bryce destroys his room. Bryce has moved into his room. He doesn't really have a, you know, Marshall doesn't really have a place to be. And he he does leave for a good reason, I think. Yeah. And, you know, he comes back because Max needs him. And I think that that's part of the pool of that trauma and that sort of codependency that you kind of see in this family a little bit. But, you know, the grandma comes to, she's setting up the the Christmas stuff. You know, she's able to. I love that she brings her own stash with her of trees and things. <laughs> and I also like the fact that she's able to uh, stand up to Bryce. Yeah. Because she's not really afraid of him. But, well, she, um, you know, she starts off a bit, but then, yeah, she. Well, uh, let's detour. I want to talk about that, the line, you know, you, everything that, you know, those children could have been, you know, w- was ruined because of you. And if you touch my tree, I'll break your fucking figures. Oh, I she, thought you wanted to talk about Marshall's line. Is that a penis? Oh, hardly. <laughs> Uh, is, is, is Ma Gregson talking to Bryce or to Tara? Both. Yeah. I, I mean, it's very interesting, Ma Gregson's view of Tara. The, she, I mean, she says to Max at one point, the only thing your father did wrong was not taking you. You know, the fact that he left you to live with me, but he was absolutely right to leave me. You are absolutely right to leave, you know, because I'm too crazy to be around. And... 
ultimately the right thing to do with Tara for the children is to leave her. And yeah, yeah. Whether or not Ma Gregson is right on that, I I don't know, but she is one of the few characters in the show who has the in a way she's the only one who has the right to comment on Tara's mental illness because she's the only one who is equally damaged. Well, yeah, and I think that that it's it's hard because we don't know we don't have a lot of the context or a lot of the information for what was going on yeah. in in Max's family growing up. But to to me, it speaks to the fact that you know you can have sympathy for uh, people that you love that are dealing with mental health issues, but at the same time, you know you you have to have healthy boundaries for yourself and protect yourself emotionally and, yeah. and mentally from that. And I, I think that that's really what. Uh, 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 you know, Max's mother is 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 saying in that moment is that her her husband had to make the hard choice to yeah. uh, leave to protect himself from her, and she does not blame him for that. And the only mistake that he made yeah. was not taking Max. And that, to me, is is the saddest part of all because I think that Max's mother is saying that Max should leave and take Marshall and Kate, or should have years ago. And and there is a a part of the implication also is that if Max's father had taken him and just the two of them had been raised, maybe Max would not have been attracted to Tara because, you know, growing up... uh, uh, Well, you are attracted to... She has that one line, you know, the Gregson men need them a little crazy, and... You know, uh, yeah, he, if he is repeating a pattern that his mother, you know, even to the best of, you know, his mother wanted to raise her child, uh, you know, Max to the best of her ability and knew that she wasn't capable and knew that she maybe put some seeds that made him more receptive to Tara. And- well, and I think also, I mean, you know, not to go down a road of, of, of psychoanalyzing Max too much or, or people in general, but I do think that that in general people do look for or are attracted to subconsciously you know, uh, people that, that remind them of, of, or put them in emotional states that, that feel comfortable yeah. with them. And, and, you know, if you grew up in a house that was healthy, that's a good thing. But if you did not, then that's not a good thing, you know, not to be too facile about it, but I think that's no, no. really what's going on there. No, if you have the, you know, you know, if you have the value, for example, family is the most important thing. You know, if you have a close family that supports each other, then yes, that's, that's right, but if your family is a toxic environment and you feel the need to stick with it at all costs, you know, then that yeah. And well, I think there is Max you know, is that line. Well, yeah, and I think that there is some part of that where where you're right that if Max had been taken from the house at that moment, you know, the chaos of 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 his life with Tara, I think probably emotionally hits a lot of the same beats that that he grew up in and felt comfortable with because yeah. it, you know the implication of course is that his mother was dealing with this hoarding stuff for a very long time and agoraphobia so, yeah and agoraphobia yeah so it's it's all of that stuff i think kind of mixed together in this toxic stew and you know if you can see one of the the through lines of the entire show is really you know max trying to figure out a way to get away from that but but he can't because tara is just so profoundly yeah mentally damaged or 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 ill yeah and i think he gets to the point where he figures that all right well i made my choice you know i've made my commitment and i'm sticking with it and yet i have to get my how do i get my kids to have adult lives yeah yeah he knows that uh you say Marshall, you know, we don't know if Marshall's going to be okay. If Marshall makes it to New York City, I think he will be. If he stays in Overland Park, he won't. Oh, yeah. I, I think that he needs to get the fuck out of there as soon as possible. Yeah. And, and you, you know, know and, and again, he's going to have maybe another year in 
in high school and then he's going to college and they'll you know they'll get him out there well what what is interesting to me about um you know the last episode in particular is is of course marshall is is very very angry at his mother and and is tired of this and you know he's looking for a way out of course and he wants to stay in the house i think because Tara's not going to be there for three months and he's okay to stay there but um he doesn't he doesn't really come around this time. Yeah. I mean, in the in the in the the first season finale, he does come around, and this is two more years of bullshit that he's had to put up with, and and certainly Tara is ill, but at the same time, it's affecting his life in really dramatic ways. And you know, there is that nice little scene where Tara and he go to Lionel's memorial together, yeah. but that's cold comfort, and that's a very very small step for them. Well, I think what does change is that Tara, in a sense, gives him permission to not be okay with her. I mean, she does say, I, I'm not expecting this to turn around with one dinner. I, 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 I want the dinner and I would love for you to, you know, to come to it. But if it's not okay afterwards, you know, I understand that if it takes years for this to be okay, if it never be is okay, you know, I accept that she, Tara has, you know, Tara recognizes that, I mean, remember the first season finale, she says that wasn't me about, you know, what T did to, you know, with making out with Jason. And, you know, that's not to cut you off, but but that is one thing that I that I just thought of is that do you think that part of the reason why Marshall has become so disillusioned with his mother and is so angry at her and will not forgive her is that to some degree, Tara is not taking responsibility yeah. for the emotional damage that her alters are doing. Mm. Like, okay, it cannot be her fault, certainly, and she is mentally ill, and, and yeah. that is understood, but at the same time, she has always had this attitude that she doesn't have to make amends or apologize for what the alters are doing, because it's not her, and she can be sweet, and she can be the nice mother, and that's going to yeah. make up for it, and I think that she's realizing that that's certainly not going to work with Marshall anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he wants her to apologize for everything that Bryce has done, and she is not prepared to do that. Yeah, and it's, you know, again, they're going to, that's probably going to, figuring out how Tara is going to be able to begin is going to be a big part of her therapy as well. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a way, her trying to kill herself is, you know, yes, I want to spare my family, but it's also a way of getting out of the hard work of having to actually, you know, deal with that. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting, I mean, to move away from this for a second, but but we do have some, like, new beginnings here because, of course, um, um, John Winston. Winston um, John Winston. <laughs> once uh, once a Kate to go moved to, with him to St. Louis, uh, uh, Charmaine proposes to neil and he agrees to marry her that and they, they've they, come a long way and they're moving to houston together and even further they don't get the nice fancy picture wedding they get a wedding at a courthouse they mentioned that like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah 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 so you know that the, that's again further you know charmaine doesn't give a shit about the appearances anymore at this point she has a man that she loves and who loves her and uh, a daughter that's great and you know she's gonna figure her shit out it is interesting to me that of all the characters in the show Charmaine gets the most satisfying and closed-ended yeah. happy ending. She's the I mean in some ways she has the least like all of God. the all of the other characters stories still feel unfinished. This feels like a good stopping place and certainly I yeah. think that they're getting to a good place, but Charmaine is pretty 
pretty much done. Yeah, no, she's going to, again, she has less, she certainly had her share of issues, but, and she still has to figure out what she's going to do for a living, for example. Sure, you know, she sure. Had, you know, maybe if, you know, with Neil working and she'll stay home, take care of the baby, fine, you know, and a few, you know, maybe her Etsy store will take off, you know, maybe she'll actually... You know that's that's her journey of Houston, but but if you look at if you look at the emotional journey of all of these characters as uh, 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 getting to a good place and and forming healthy relationships yeah. with people, I think that Charmaine has done that. Yeah, I mean Kate is on the road to doing that. I think Marshall's yeah. on the road to doing that. Max and Tara perhaps also as well. But Charmaine really has yes. done it, and she has come to a realization about herself that she wants to be with Neil. I mean, I think it's very key that she's the one that asks yes. Neil to marry her. <laughs> So, you know, I think it's 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 a good place for her to end up. And, and you know, if she hasn't always been my favorite character, I think that the show has done a really good job with her and developing yeah. her probably the most of any of the characters. Yeah. And she, yeah, good. she started out shitty. She was a pathological liar. She was very high strung. And, you know, having a baby and a decent dude wore her down in a lot of ways. And... But I think she actually finally started to realize what she had. She started to see other people yeah. in, in the world. Yeah. And she realize, she recognizes what part of her problems are her own fault and what prob- part of her problems is bullshit that she doesn't even need to deal with. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, of course, at the end of the day as well, um, they have a really strong relationship and Neil can convince her to dress up in a teddy and hold pancakes uh, and that's great. And I find that adorable that like I he know. is so turned on by his wife, you know, when he's uh, OK, the little slullaby he's singing. But like, you know, when he takes out the porn and he's like, we're going to get the tips to do with mom, you know, and then when he's, you know, giving the tit cakes. Yeah, that that's. And, but I like that the two of them like the same weird shit mm-hmm. like Charmaine is. Has no idea what the hell her husband, why the hell her husband is wanting her to take, you know, sexy photos with pancakes, but she's doing it, you know? Why not? She's indulging him because he's drunk and why not, you know? No skin off her nose. I think she needs somebody that she could be an idiot with. And, you know, that that's relax. That's well, she- that's actually a really good point is that none of these characters really know how to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And and, and, except Neil, for Neil. and Neil knows how to have fun. And I think that's a lot of why Charmaine is attracted to him. Yeah. I mean, certainly she's also, you know, sexually attracted to him. Yeah. But you know, we know that. But yeah, I think that that's a lot of it is that, you know, maybe maybe that's really where the end of the series is, is that all of these characters need to figure out how to have fun. Yeah. You know, and, and well, well, it's important that you know Kate and Billiam uh, find they enjoy their time just getting drunk and watching dumb movies and just chatting, right? Like they they learn to have fun together in a way that works for the two of them. And if Kate isn't ready to fully you know move in with him and that's totally fair uh well he does say he doesn't want her to move in with no, him. no you know that's yeah if she does if she's not looking to move next door to him quite yet again that's fair between the two of them and when marshall graduates that'll be a different story yeah if if this relationship is truly meant to be they'll still be together in a year you yeah know, they, they can deal with that then and maybe yeah she will move in with him at that point yeah uh, you know yeah. She has basically she has a lot of options, but Kate has always had a lot of options, and I think now she's finally figuring out the ones that she actually wants. I think that's true. Yeah, 
And um, we would be remiss if we did not talk about uh, Max's freak out in in the second episode, yeah. which initially I thought was another fantasy. Yeah, I, I like the I like the way that they fake you out with that. I yes, think he's that got was... those two fake ones and then the real one. And a uh, no one ever actually makes turducken, so stop trying to make that a thing. TV. Although I I uh, I think it was on AV Club, there was a comment that said it's a very appropriate meal for. The final episode of a show that's about people within other people. Oh well, sure, yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. But but no one Ew. does it, so don't do that. It's not a real thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that that I think that's the key moment uh, in the second episode. Actually, is his freak out because I think that Max has never allowed himself to do something like yeah. that before, and that that's also obviously the point of the two previous fantasy freakouts is that. You know, yeah. Max is still, he's got all this rage inside of him and we're now seeing it. And this is what he would like to do, but he's not going to do it because he has to keep everyone together. And then he freaks out and destroys their dinner and everyone's kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that well, makes sense. It's not the end of the world. And I think that's important. That's an important step for Max because he can actually, you know, express his anger. Perhaps yeah. not, that's not the most appropriate way to do it, but he can express his anger and it's not going to be the end of the world. Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, yeah, as you know, Charmaine is the one who, you know, explicitly said, like, he's had a tough go. He can do whatever he wants. Like, he's earned so much credit. Everybody knows that Max has been infinitely patient while being given such a shit hand and having such a bad past 10 years that, you know, a little freak out. Well, yeah, compared to what everybody else has done. And it's interesting who he directs the fr- – like, there's the one freak out where he strangles Ted, you know, because he won't fucking shut up. But the actual freak out is towards – is at the universe. Yeah. He's upset on behalf of everybody he loves. You know, what did Tara do to, to deserve this? You know, why is – why are my kids having to go through this? They're wonderful, you know. Fuck you, universe. It's not a – I mean – I'm thinking of the one that Marshall had with the uh, liar box, you know, where he calls out everybody on the shit that they do. Uh, that's not what Max's freakout is. Again, Max's freakout isn't directed at any of them, and that's part of why I think everybody feels he has the right to freak out because he, at the end of the day, loves these people so much he still can't quite blame them. Yeah, I, I think that's really true, and and. I think it's a good place to leave Max too, because yeah. that that's a good realization for him, and that's a good realization for all of the other characters. At the end of the day, there is the implication that Tara is never going to be one hundred percent okay. Maybe she will never achieve full integration again. Right, I, I right. can see this being cycles and cycles, but and it's ambiguous if Tara is going to end her story committed for life someplace, but. Right now, this is a three-month outpatient program with essentially lifetime counseling afterwards, whatever. So you get the sense that she has finally found a real support network. Again, this is going to be some very intensive stuff with somebody who is one of the country's experts in it who is going to – again, maybe maybe this kind of a contract isn't so rare. You know, Dr. Hatteras doesn't – know anything about that but maybe this but he ex- didn't know anything about did and didn't even believe it was yeah real, exactly so. maybe this expert knows that you know yes there the, you know the way to achieve to live with this condition is to make certain very specific boundaries for the different altars i i i don't know but that is the one thing that that um kind of gets me a little uh I'm, I'm not sure it's exactly satisfying that she goes to boston for the south patient program um i think it works but but to me 
uh, uh, there's a couple things there. Number one, of course, is that everyone is so like freaked out by the fact that she wants to do this, which frankly yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, th- she was she's essentially doing what Charmaine wanted her to do. She's just doing it in a different place. The other thing is that um, we kind of already saw this at the end of the first season. Yes. And that was, again, a DID clinic. That was someone who was you know, supposed to be a good doctor and, well, I and didn't, it didn't work. I got the sense that number one, that wasn't specifically a DID clinic, but was more of a dealing with PTSD or trauma. And okay. But there were, you know, that, yeah, he, he, you know, he'd certainly worked with people with disassociative identity. That one other woman, not everybody, maybe some people had very severe anxiety. Maybe there was another guy who thought he was a kite in that place or, um, this well, that, place is specifically a DID clinic. Yeah, okay, but still. I mean, I think yeah. it, 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 it's kind of a distinction without a difference because yeah, and that's fair. she still has gone to a place to get treatment by one of the best doctors in the world or whoever. But I think that, that that's my one you know thing about it, which is that I think that if this had been intended to be um, an actual series finale, if they had gone into this, yeah. I don't know that they would have gone down that road. I think that... Again, I don't know what a I don't know what a, a fourth season of this show would look like. I kind of hope it wouldn't have been a rechart of the second season yeah. because that would get very boring. But maybe it would have been these three months in the clinic. But that yeah, that yeah, it could have been. But I think that um the one thing about it is that the 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 end of Tara's story in a way is the least satisfying because yeah. everyone else has figured out a way to live with this, and I think that Tara hasn't still figured out a way to live with this she's just going off to get treatment to try yeah so yeah again what is a treated tara going to look like is it somebody who is placated and you know calm and medicated and never go you know or is it somebody who is complete is are the moments when we saw her with the contract working is it going to be that but permanently i don't know yeah we we and we'll never find out but that's you know unless netflix picks it up for a fourth season but again i i feel like i kind of hope it doesn't because i do i i do like ambiguous endings and i think this leaves terry in this very suspended state but of but again it's unresolved but it's also satisfying in the way that Again, she's getting some kind of a support system. She has her family. Mm-hmm. She, The family is beginning to figure out how to live with Tara. If Tara can't figure out how to live with her alters, maybe everybody else has figured out how to uh, – uh, yeah, maybe the resolution of the series isn't about Tara at all. If Tara is unfixable, as the show seems to un- imply, uh, then, the, then it, be, it becomes not about how do we fix Tara, but how do we deal with that – line between this is somebody who is sick and who can't help what happens to her and is going to be in problems with we need to live our own life so we can't be damaged by this and yeah, family yeah. has begun to figure out how they're going to do that yeah i think so well this is probably a good opportunity for for us to transition over to, to maybe talking a little bit about the series as a whole and i don't know that i want to have a, a long conversation about this but i but i think that it's important to, to kind of contextualize it a little bit how yeah. do you how are you feeling about the show the second time you watched it? I mean, I certainly think it's it's valuable and I certainly think this is a good show and one that's worth watching and I hope that people that have watched this for the first time with us have gotten something out of it. But yeah. Well, I guess on a line level and on a series level, it works very well. I don't know if I like this series on an individual episode level. Uh again, especially most of the pairs of episodes bled into each other and 
even if we'd paired it like you know we'd shifted the pairing slightly i i still feel like it would the episodes would have dovetailed into each other like that this ep- this series isn't really interested in making episodic things you know certainly right. but um i mean i think the first season is perhaps a little different yes. than that but certainly the second and third were like that for sure i mean i can see i can see a lot of different shows in the dna of this i mean Especially with the freak out, you know, fake out flash, you know. Yeah. Like, this is a very, this show is very heavily influenced by Six Feet Under. Like, that much is obvious. There are a lot of dysfunctional family dramas that go into this. Has this show had any influence outward? I can't really think of any series that I've seen in the past few years where I'm like, oh, this person saw United States of Tara and wanted to spin that out. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I. I think that um, it's not an influential show, but I, I don't think every yeah. television show needs no, to be no. influential. I think it's the rare Showtime show that A, got canceled, <laughs> and B, didn't go on too long. I mean, I think yeah. that, that part of the reason why I like this show so much and part of the reason why I wanted to revisit it for this podcast, and I, I remember it fondly, is that it, it didn't outstay its welcome. Yeah. And I think that if the show had gone on for six or seven seasons... I, I don't know that I would have been very interested to do a episode by episode podcast on it. You know, this, it's this the, feels like yeah. a good length for the show. It's the kind of series that feels like I wish it had a fourth season, but I know that if I had a fourth season, I would be very bored halfway through and it would end unfulfilling. Like, yeah, I, I they left you, they leave you wanting more in a way, and. And maybe I would like a spinoff with Marshall, but that's well, neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I, I think the world is ready for a show maining on a gay teenager that's, you know, not cliche or stereotypical or whatever. But we wanted to see if the show was a hidden gem in a while, you know, because, again, we both watched this a few years ago, both liked it very much. And especially knowing where the show goes, it was very interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I, I'm I this is a show that is still very good. That I would say, yeah, it it wasn't the. I mean, we just saw, you know, we saw Firefly, and we said that was such a wasted potential. This show, I think, said everything it wanted to say, made all of its points it wanted to make, had some very good episodes along the way, and took us on a fun journey. Yeah, I think that's all right, and I don't have anything else to add to that. Okay, well, uh, I mean, talking about Cloney Collette's acting, I guess, would be. Stating the obvious, she does it very well. I I can definitely see a version of this show which was, you know, a more gimmicky version of the performance. And well, I think that you know, uh, um, you know, I think it's uh, talking about Tony Collette's acting is interesting, of course, because she she does a very good job. I am not, uh, you know, well versed in yeah. you know criticizing the technical abilities of actors, so I'm not going to go down that road of doing that. But although part of I think us doing these kind of podcasts is. I, I think that's something we're trying to learn how to do. And yeah, no, I'm abs- spending our time concentrating on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that the ways in which she, uh, you know, does good things with her, her facial expressions to indicate um, transitions, the physicality the fi- of the different, the way that each character walks, for example, it's, and I mean, we need to give the costuming a shout out. The costuming on the show is, I think, fantastic too. Kate's bear dresses, the dress, <laughs> but each of the dre- each of the altars has such a distinct wardrobe, you know. Yeah. And especially in the cases of like Gimme, you have the you know you, you have these iconic items that they own. Yeah, yeah. Is there maybe the final question to ask before we, before we wrap this episode up and reveal the next show we're doing on Ooh. tuning in next week? 
Is there anything in the show that that you feel? I mean, obviously, this is a, a bittersweet, unresolved series finale because it was not intended to be a series finale. Yeah, but we've already talked about some of the stuff that is unresolved. But uh, do you think that there's anything else that's unresolved that you would have liked to have had resolved? I can think of one specific thing, but what is it? I I kind of wish that the show had given us um, Tara's and Charmaine's parents one last time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that seeing them one last time would have been um, a nice way to to cap that off. At the very least, I would be interested. I I mean, maybe that was a better way to get interest, get, get the mother into the picture. Maybe that's how they, instead of they find this, you know, the grave, uh, maybe the mother finally like confesses, like, listen, Bryce killed himself. I mean, yeah, I wanted yeah. to see her interacting with the Bryce altar. In a way, it's a nice bit of self-actualization for Buck to have found Bryce. Yeah. And that, that makes it more, um, you know, of, of Tara's agency. So I, I think that that was okay, yeah. but, yeah, you're right. It could have also worked if if it had been uh, her mother or father who told her that. Well, her father is assumedly uh, in the home with Alzheimer's, so he's probably not. Yeah, he could blurt it out. Yeah, he's blurting out all kinds of stuff. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I mean, I'm I'm glad we did this show. I'm I hope that people got something out of it, and it, it's I enjoyed revisiting it. Yes, very much. it was it was good to see this show. Okay. If you have any thoughts on either of these episodes or the show as a whole, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash truckaboutshow, which also supports our other podcast, Truckabout. We are still in the seventh season of Star Trek Space Nine. Slowly coming towards the end, and it's going to be so sad. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Social media, we're on it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tuning In Show is our username in all those places. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for Tuning In. It is the best way for new fans to find the show. Now, I don't know if anyone has figured out our clues, but are you ready to find out? I'm so ready. I want to find out. Well, Richard, the truth is out there. Okay. Because Tuning In is doing... The X-Files. What? So we did two short shows. Yes. Firefly was what, 14 episodes? I think so, in the movie. Tara's 18 or something like that. 18? No, that can't be. No, that can't be right. It's like 36, 36 40, episodes. 40 episodes-ish. 18 podcasts. Yeah. So we're doing a really, really <laughs> fucking long show now. Nine seasons? Ten seasons? Well, ten seasons technically because of the, re- not the reboot, but the... Yeah. Whatever you want to call revival, it. Revival seriously. of it. Which was only six episodes, and we'll do it. I'm. It's not all... I mean, you know, it'll take us a while to get to it. I mean, my, uh, uh, will there be a season 11 by the time we get to that, probably? Maybe. I mean, I think it did pretty well yeah. in the ratings, and certainly there have been discussions about doing another run of... A uh, short run of episodes, but, you know, it was also on over a year ago, and, yeah. and no one has talked about it, so... So we may or may not... No announcement. So, so we may be extending this even slightly longer, depending on it is when possible. we get to it. There's also two movies. Oh, God. So, so and the video game. We're not doing the video game. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this a little bit differently. So um, since one of the... For sanity's sake. Yeah, well, for sanity's sake, and also for everyone else's sake not to not to get too bogged down in their sanity episode after episode after episode of the x-files for i don't know seven years 
is um, one of the stated goals of tuning in, of course, is that there's a lot of television shows out there and there are ones that we want to um, highlight. There are also ones that we want to talk about with each other. And so we're going to do something a little different where we're going to take a short break from the X-Files um, after every third season. So after seasons three, six, and probably after we finish the show, we'll do the, you know another short one before we yeah. need to go in into a longer show again. But uh, we'll we'll take two breaks during the X Files to talk about really short shows. Like, Maybe another one season. Uh, yeah, we'll pick a couple of one season shows or two season shows. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of a uh, couple of suggestions. You know, for things that are like six episodes long, for example. Yeah, a couple of British shows we have on our list, maybe. But and I think that'll be a nice little way to break it up, and 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 also. Uh, Extend the cliffhangers because the X Files usually what? ends on cliffhangers, so that'll be exciting. Okay. Well, the X Files is another show that now, now we've gone from two shows that I know very well to one that I've only seen. I've seen maybe ten episodes of the entire series, if that. I'm really excited to do the X Files with you because I think that you're really going to like it. I rewatched the X Files yeah. um, in 2015. So I basically rewatched it over a period of like eight or nine months yeah. in, in, in 2015. So a while ago at this point. But I had not rewatched the entire show. And I also had never seen um, most of uh, the, the last couple seasons. And yeah. we'll talk about this more next week, kind of our, our journey through the X-Files. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's going to be really, really exciting to talk about this with you because I think you're really going to like it. Yeah, And I also think that um, it, it, it's definitely a show that's more than the sum of its parts. And so... You know, even in episodes that maybe um, are a little worse, yeah. Because certainly a show that's on for nine years is going to have bad episodes. There's still especially a lot to, in the nineties. There's st- yeah, especially in the nineties. <laughs> there's still a lot to talk about, and I think that you know it's going to be a conversation about um, the X Files. Of course, it's going to be a conversation about television and where it was going in the nineties, and you know why the X Files was such a big hit. Yeah, because people forget how big it was. It was a huge show when it was on. So, well, yeah, Scully and Mulder are iconic characters. Cigarette Smoking Man's iconic characters. You know? It's Mulder and Scully. Mulder's always first. <laughs> but I was going alphabetically. What? Gillian Anderson, David Duchovny. Oh, my God. Well, that's all we'll say about that. I think that it's going to be great. And uh, we're excited to, to dive into the X-Files. So next week we're going to be starting it. We're going to be doing two a week because otherwise it would take, you know, forever. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the imaginatively titled pilot oh. and deep throat, oh. which is not about blowjobs. So oh, well then why down. do I want to watch this show? <laughs> because I, that, isn't that what the X stands for? You're thinking about the XXX files, Richard. And no, no, that's triple X and it starred Vin Diesel. Who I would not <laughs> mind seeing naked. <laughs> All right, well, join us next week as we start our journey into the X-Files by talking about Pilot and Deep Throat. The Mac, why do you...